Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you uh, with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. This week we are not doing that. We are coming to you with the 2020 Spring Gundam update. So we're going to just kind of talk about the things that are going on and uh, shoot the shit for a little bit. And um, we're going to start this off with... So this is this episode is going to air um, a little bit after this actually happens um but uh premium bandai is coming stateside finally so you're not gonna have to do some like um hooligan import stuff we're gonna get like actual direct releases that are more affordable the more affordable is the big part this stuff is very easy to get now but you have to go somewhere like big bad toy store or on ebay through another seller and you end up paying a lot more than retail. And now it is fair to point out Bluefin has been selling some premium Bandai product right. already, but it was very limited as to what there's like a model was. a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like there's some that are like 27 bucks for, for some of the high grades. And I've seen uh, the per- perfect grades are around like 250, which again, that's, that's a lot of money, but like for a premium Bandai, that's like, but that's great. actually pretty, pretty fair. Like, that's what you would expect to pay for like a normal perfect grade walking into a shop. Right. What model it is, of course, but so I, I've, I've looked through them. I, I know what I'm going to try to pre order as soon as I can. Um, I, I'm going to try to get the F92 I type. Um, that's a master grade and the, uh, the high grade 144 Vargo, which is a, um, a moon Gundam design, um, that I think looks really cool. It reminds me a lot of the, um, the camphor actually. Oh, that's fair. I wonder if there's any lineage there. Um, that kit. So the Vargo I think is actually new. Whereas the, is it the F92? I type it's like F90 and then there's two there's lines. two there's two unit or there's two models so you can get the F90 or you can get the F92 the F92 comes with um looks like it comes with more stuff so it comes with like one of I forget the name of it but like one of like the um flying like earth based rocket things that the Gundams fly on uh it comes with looks like a shield a laser Jav- like javelin type thing um it, it looks like it comes with like a handful of stuff that, that, that's pretty legit looking yeah that's pretty neat yeah but it's a it's a mix of stuff that has been a, available in the past through premium bandai but this is just a first like official way to get it here in the states and some other new products yeah. uh, that are that are either upcoming or about to come out or just came out as well so it's it's pretty neat. I'm uh, excited to see it happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not in love with any of the kits, but uh, I'll probably end up picking something up just to get to experience that P bandiness. Yeah. I, I've never seen a P bandai in person, but I mean, I don't build a ton of kits either. So, um, well, so the kits themselves are not any, like, it's just, it's still just a gunpla kit. Yeah, yeah. Um, the boxes, in yeah. not every case, but in most cases, the boxes are uh, white and some other color, and then tints of some other color. They're not the big full color boxes, right? Uh, that you typically get. Like I'm looking up right now at my P Bandai one one forty four Space Leo, and it's just a purple Leo with an extra backpack, and that box was just a purple box. And it was the regular Leo art on the front, but tinted purple and had the, you know, extra pack on it and stuff. And, but like the side of it, instead of having actual like extra pictures, it just said, you know, Oz, MS, whatever, Leo space type. They're they're usually just like limited edition, like small variants, aren't they? Typically. um, But one of the things I'm looking at that I didn't see in some of these tweets was, so the only things I actually like want here due to backlog and which I still will hesitate before picking up uh, would be like the G04 and the, I don't see the Geminis from. I didn't see that when I was going through their tweets. Uh, yeah. I mean, I tried to pull out the ones that I saw. 
Yeah, but that those would be the ones I'm interested in. I would get the Death Scythe Rosette unit, but the reason I really hesitate because that is a Master Grade. Are you concerned about it more from a time perspective? No. Well, I mean a little. Well, yeah, yeah, it's a Master Grade. It, it looks pretty nice. I'm not a huge fan of the Death Scythe in general, but that, I mean, that's a pretty... Ah, you're both savages. Anyway, um, so look, the look, thing is, it's not, that I, it's not that I don't like the Death Scythe. It's just that the Death Scythe is overrated and not good. So here is my Master Grade Death Scythe. And if you look at the pictures of the Rosette unit, you will see that it is this kit with an extra backpack. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair, yeah. Uh, and so $48 for a backpack is... <sighs> I, I want I want to because I really like uh, so where that's from is in the Glory of the Losers manga. Um, do you remember the part of Gundam Wing? And, and I don't blame you if you don't because if you haven't watched it in a while, this is like early on and um, you know kind of a smaller moment. But it's when Duo takes on Hero onto his ship with Howard and can you Hero. Hold can you hold up your kid again, real quick, while you're talking? Oh yeah, sorry. Um, and Hero in the middle of the night ganks parts off of death scythe to fix up the wing gundam and then leaves yeah i remember yeah 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 so, it, really, it really does look exactly the same yeah. so in the manga what happens is duo then uses some leftover bits from the wing gundam to build that rosette pack and attaches it so that when he sees hero again he can fight him better since he has such an aerial advantage yeah. and i like it just because story-wise it's duo being caddy. So I really like the um, the the real grade one one forty four kit with the uh, the lightning wing effects, um, which would it would only be about I think about a hundred bucks if you got both of them. But man, I, I was telling you guys before we started recording, those real grades can be a a pain to like do the little tiny pieces. If you want to do a really good job, at least, yeah. I don't know, man. That tall geese is really uh, standing out to me. I like that tall geese a lot. Man, are you looking at the animation colors one or the tall geese two? Uh, tall geese animation colors. Okay, cool. I There's like. Some, I don't. I don't like the tall geese um, legs. In general, or yeah, on in general. You never they're been just kind much of, of a leg too, man. They're too circular for me. Well, I mean, they're legs. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Gundam ones are a little bit more square usually. Well, the um, geese doesn't really have much of a skirt. Like, it's got those larger side skirts. Yeah. Uh, but, like, that's about it. Like, they're, they're like these much bigger pieces. It's not your, it, it's just not a traditional Gundam look, which is, I think, one of the reasons it's an endearing design. Yeah. I actually like the Slash Zaku Phantom kit, but I had not enough to, like, buy it or build it. Seed Zaku's are pretty. Um, they're like, let's just have Zaku's in Cosmic Era, but they'll be like refined and all cool looking. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm a little sick of? Perfect grades being from Unicorn. <laughs> what, you don't want the Ban Banshee or the, the Unicorn? Well, it's like every kid I've seen anywhere for the last like five fucking years is the Banshee or the Unicorn. I mean, they're pretty. Oh, so I like the unicorn a lot. The banshee is a little bit. It's the unicorn with a different color scheme. Yeah, I don't. I yeah, I don't like the color scheme. But the the unicorn's really pretty. And Scotty, you did the one you did was the has the light kit and everything, right? Uh, yeah. So I did the perfect gray, just the regular one um, that you had picked me up, and then I bought the light unit for it. And it, it's it's really pretty, but those take such a long time. And I did a straight build pretty much like mm -hmm. you know clipped it cleaned it did panel lining top coated the non-clear bits and then put the light kit in it and it was still a very very long uh, project yeah uh, it, really worth it at the end when you light that thing up um the, the only drawback to the light kit is you, you have to have it on the stand like to get the wires plugged in right and it takes so many batteries you put the batteries in the stand and it has a switch and so, but man, yeah, it is worth it. So the thing with unicorn kits, like they sell, like that, that's why they make more. Cause they're like, Oh, you mean we can print money by just making another minor unicorn variant? 
Yeah. Press button. Let's make it. Yeah. I, I feel like that's what they were hoping for with NT this time around, but eh, they didn't, I don't think they had a, as good of a job with NT. I mean, I, I bought a Phoenix kit after seeing the movie. <laughs> I, uh, and built it. It's funny. I actually see quite a few um, red frame kit, uh, Ashtray red frame kits too. Hmm. Like a really, really common one too, which I thought I think is funny because that never appeared in any animated stuff, did it? Um, so um, it's not in the mainline story for Seed. Um, but yeah. what you have to realize about a stray series is that a Seed was was very popular. Uh, in Japan, very, very popular. And uh, I think you guys even, I showed you that one gag manga about the working woman that likes yeah. to build Kumpla. And she was talking about, you know, being a younger, per well, we say younger. You know, anyway, um, you know, she grew up with Seed and that was like, a, that is a, another generation's Gundam. Like that's their show. And uh, while it was airing, they had four Astray mangas running simultaneously in serialization throughout different magazines. So um, like Gundam Ace got one. Uh, I want to say Dengeki Hobby got one. Like all these different magazines had different chapters. Um, and the, right. I think the, the one that ran the longest that I thought was the best of the, I've read the ones that are English translated from Tokyo Pop. I haven't caught up on all the other stuff, but at least of the early ones, the stuff with low gear and the red frame um, and kind of how they interact with the other people that end up with those prototype astray units and Kira Yamato and the other main cast, like that was the best material. Um, and the red frame, it's a Gundam with a samurai sword. So worth it. It was the first master grade I ever built. Nice. You know, it, there's a part in the manga where he gets a, um, he gets the Gerber straight, but like he gets right. a, he at one point for reasons I forgot, gets a version of it. That is, it, it's like probably four times the length of the suit itself. It almost is like right. a gag and it's really funny. I was like, it'd be really funny if they like made that for one of the Gumpla. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I'm pumped that they're going to start bringing more of these over here soon, and hopefully that like helps bring more and more stuff over stateside if if these things get bought up a lot more. Hopefully, it's like the a, the toe in the water type thing. I think um, we got the toe in the water. I think this is the next step of that. Putting yeah. foot in, putting mm -hmm. foot in. Yeah. Um, all right, so. We have a new Hathaway's Flash trailer, uh, new-ish. Uh, it's been out for a few weeks, even as of recording this. Um, it's I'm sorry, Hathaway. <laughs> uh, so the the Japanese is still Hathaway's Flash, but uh, we I think we mentioned before it's uh, Gundam Hathaway in the in English, and it's coming out in July, and. Um, there's not a, a lot to say. We just get a little bit more material. We get to see the pumpkin head guy. Seems uh, like it's actually happening. I can't yeah. uh, footage, so that's a good sign. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so many things now with like all this coronavirus stuff are forcing things to either get delayed or yeah, um, put to like digital release only. And I mean, even with um, NT, uh, we I think we talked about it before at one point. The uh anime was released on the Gundam Info site uh before it's even been like officially released in the US um Blu-ray wise. Like it was in the theaters obviously, but um but yeah so that that was interesting. So I I, I wonder how these things will be affected. I mean even the premium bandai like like the orders start April 2nd but uh, I know I've ordered a handful of um, Gunpla. Like I, I ordered the Hello Kitty RX-78-2 SD kit, um, which was supposed to ship last month or maybe, or like maybe this month, I don't know. Um, but I haven't heard a, a single word. I got a grab bag that hasn't shipped. Um, grab bag has yeah, but there's a lot of stuff that I've ordered that's just kind of like, um, I'm not getting any any notifications on, which is really frustrating. Um, so the the one thing I noticed from the trailer, and it's going to be very hard to not call this Hathaway's Flash. It's been yeah, like 
25 years of hearing stuff about it on the internet under that name. Like, just, uh, just call it that. That's what I'm going to yeah. call it. Yeah. yeah. The it, only thing I noticed was that Mufti is instead Mafti. Yeah. I, I wonder why they did that. And, and I wonder if they changed it in the Japanese too. I don't know. All I know is Mufti always looked too much like Muff. So I'm kind of glad they changed it. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that to come out in July and, uh, hopefully it does come out in July and we get some good new content and yeah, there's also, um, you know, oh, sorry. My other observation on the trailer is it really looks like the NT style animation, like very, very much like NT. The other thing that struck me is they're and I, the more I think about it, they're trying to make this a direct sequel to Char's counterattack um, in a lot of ways. Um, and at least stateside, I don't know how well Char's counterattack was received. Um, personally, I Char's counterattack is a weak link for the whole series for me. Um, there's pretty things that happen in Char's counterattack, but like overall, it's not my favorite content of on the, a high level it's a good story told in a strange way right um like if you just read a summary it actually sounds really awesome and if you ignore everything going on and just watch it and take in the visuals and audio and all that it's beautiful and an achievement and all the words you can come up with uh but then if you actually sit and like start to analyze the characters oh dear lord <laughs> Why is Shard dropping this on Earth again? What the fuck? Yeah, and who is <laughs> who is this new character and that new character and that new character and that new character and that new character? And why did three of them just die? And why am I supposed to care? <laughs> <laughs> and we hate Hathaway. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's weird to present it that way after how well Unicorn was received. Uh, to. I think part of the problem is 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 there's not a straight line between Unicorn and Hathaway's Flash. Right. I, I mean, characters... I, 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 yeah, I, I wonder how they are going to make these lines a little bit more lined up because obviously they're, they're going to have to do that with the, their strategy um, to, like, integrate, like, Hathaway's Flash into, like, the current UC... Um, because you know Gundam Unicorn and NT are like the newest stuff, and if they were to just go to um, Hathaway's Flash and then like pretend that this never happened, like it, it just wouldn't make sense. So um, I'm actually like one of the more thing, one of the more interesting things to me is going to be like how they um, retcon the story to have all of this new stuff happen. Yeah, and it's getting into that territory where it's so... It's not close to F91 in the timeline, but when you get to 105, right, you're you're only 18 years off now. And and the world seems so different in that movie. Yeah, and like, so you're going from... You're going to tell me we go... Like, it's the same amount of time in between Zeta and Hathaway's Flash as there is between Hathaway's Flash and F91, like, in-universe. And they, those two worlds seem very similar. Have you guys, recognizable. Have you guys seen uh, Astro Lost in Split Space? A couple episodes, but that's about all. I think I've seen two or three episodes. I haven't yet. Well, without going too deep into spoiler territory, just timeline reset. That's all it, that's all it takes. It's not actually... 105 it's it's 205 and we lied to you <laughs> i mean that would make probably more sense <laughs> if they, if they did that yeah anyway um re-rise is going to be airing the second season in just a few days so again this episode will have by the time you guys listen to this episode it will probably have aired a few days before it so, yeah, so <laughs> that's the big thing. Everything keeps getting delayed. We haven't heard any news about it getting delayed at this point. I'm hoping it does not. Yeah, no, we're, we, all of us here are re zero fans. I think, I think Scotty's not re zero fan, right? Yeah. And, um, 
we've all been watching the director's cut here or there to like um like refresh our minds on the series because i think the original series like aired in 2016 um so it's been a few years since we've seen it and we're like oh now we're gonna you know and and the director's cut and then go straight into season two and season two is delayed so that that sucks i paused on the director's cut because of the delay and i was also right at the like i was just getting to the part where subaru gets to like the capital and Mm -hmm. it's like fighting the night guy and it's a it's about the part and where he starts to lead ramon real way too hard um like I'm at the start of that section. So I was like, all right, this is a good like pause point. Yeah. For a while. That doesn't have anything to do with Gundam. I know. I, I we're talking about just delays. In I, general. Know, I know. I know. It's, it's yeah. Joking. Yeah. So, um, you know, with the uh, re-rise coming out, that's be interesting. I, I still need to watch um, build divers. <laughs> I've seen Build Divers and you're watching Rerise? I haven't no I so I watched like the first few episodes and you guys recommended I watch Build Divers first. So oh, yeah. um Build Divers is on Gundam Info. I might be watching that um uh, since I am uh uh forced to stay home now. <laughs> you can watch all of the the Build Divers stuff um together and without having seen Build Fighters, but Build Fighters I also recommend. Build Fighters I I like I like divers, but fighters is way better. I think fighters is on Gundam info right now too. All of those build shows are on Gundam info. They aired there first. <laughs> they, they have been there since they made them. They have not taken them down. They are the staples of the like Gundam info. YouTube is build fighters, build fighters, try all the associated OVA shorts, battlelog, all that stuff. And then divers and now divers re rise. Um, yeah. So uh, di- now, like so diver- I, saw build- I saw the first season. I think it was Build Fighters. Yeah, but okay. I don't think I saw Try. Yeah, but Try is good too. Yeah, yeah. They're they're wow. both excellent. Divers is look. So when we say like you should watch Divers like before Divers Re Rise, it's mostly just like because there's enough stuff mentioned in Re Rise that will just seem like total out of nowhere, stupid bullshit. If you haven't seen the first season and been yeah. fed that bullshit already <laughs> um, in, in detail, but it is aimed for, they're all aimed for younger audiences, but like fighters and fighters try, and then getting into a lot of re-rise, they have a lot of like cross demographic appeal, mm. like, like a my hero academia, but divers, it, kind of it's a little bit like Gundam age and it's going for a younger audience and it has trouble crossing that gap to appeal to an older audience. Mm-hmm. I actually, I actually liked age a lot more than a lot of people gave it credit for. Oh, I thought, yeah, there's parts of age. I adore. Yeah. Quick, quick note about uh, the build series. Uh, if anyone has not seen it, I recommend uh, Gunpla builders beginning G if you can find it. Not the easiest one to get a hold of. You know, at one point that was part of Double O's canon. Really? Yeah. Kind of wild. All right. So I think that's all we have for the general updates of the world, right? I don't think we have anything else that's hanging around that I'm aware of. Um, so Scotty is going to give us a a special um, Scotty's uh, recap of. A Thunderbolt and what's out there. So like nothing yeah. is translated in the Thunderbolt world right now. Uh, these mangas are out and Scotty has, has so graciously imported these things from Japan. They're nearly not that expensive. Like, I just went on Amazon Japan and it was cheaper to get these shipped here than it is when I go to buy the new volumes in English when they're out. Like it's not <laughs> an expensive thing to do. Um, so right what I thought I would do. So we've talked about on the show, the Thunderbolt manga. Did we, I think. Yeah. We, we talked about the manga. Yeah. So up to volume 12, I believe. Yeah. And so I thought I'd do an extremely fast recap of volume 13 since that came out recently. Um, just to like kind of catch listeners up if you want to now, before I start, and I'm, I promise I'm going to try to keep this short or at least short enough to be effective. Um, and not drone on and on. 
but this is your spoiler warning. So if you are reading the Thunderbolt manga or you plan to, or you don't want to know what happens for when they, whenever forever from now animate more of the story, the stop button is somewhere on your device or your radio or wherever. And you've now had opportunity to press it. And I'm going to move on and Lane and Luke. I'm sorry. Um, All good. Uh, so for volume 13, where you've really uh, got going on here, and this is out in English. I just wanted to give a quick recap. So, since we have So they're still it. at the volcano at this point, right? Like they're yep. fighting around the volcano. Yeah. Yeah. Now you've read volume 13. So Federation is attacking the volcano base. Um, they're like breaking in basically. Uh, so like the, some of the trust squad is showing up and then you have uh, what's on the cover of it is Billy Hickam's Zigok and he fights EO in that once they like kind of break into the base. And uh, one of the things they do, like the way that EO and Bianca get into the volcano base is they go underwater destroy the Nanyang's like underwater defenses and then go up in through the submarine dock. So it's kind of a, a neat strategy. You don't see a lot of it happen. They like kind of show up and they're like, Oh crap, that's what happened. We can't contact our underwater mobile suits. Um, so anyway, yeah, Claudia knows they're there, isolates them by sealing some bulkheads and, um, and Billy starts attacking uh, EO and he's kind of like rubbing it in Daryl's face over the radio because Daryl, if you remember from volume 12 is on the outside of the base, um, taking out Federation suits left and right. Spartan is being attacked. You have some stuff with the twins, Lily and Yith, those psychic twins. Like basically the, the important part of this is they're not quite done with the map because Yith is falling asleep and both of them need to be awake. Um, Yilly is, Lily is very tired Humphrey is pressuring her so badly and I won't get into the details that uh, Lily is basically like, I'm done with this shit. I'm so, I'm so done with this. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, so anyway, uh, some other things in there. Chapter, you get to chapter 109. Oh, um, Daryl kills Marcus on the trust squad. He just slices him right in half. So he's gone. Um, then you get to chapter 109, which is where the art style changes. If you haven't read it. Um, Lane, just to hear another voice for a while. What do you? How did you feel about the art change? Um. So I got. I think. Yeah. At first, it sucked, right? Um. But they it recovered. They recovered over time. Did um, it recover, or did you just get used to it? I I feel like it recovered enough. I mean, you read it, didn't you, Luke? Um, did they, have they translated through the, uh, art? Yeah, they've released, they've released it. Yeah, I feel like I barely noticed. Like, I think, I think I had read it and Scotty was like, look at the art change. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I had there already, were, I didn't even realize it. There are panels that suck. Like the way they dr dr draw some of the Zakus uh, is just gross. Like it's a bunch of little circles. Um, but by the end of that volume, it, it's better. I'm pretty forgiving with Thunderbolt anyway. I think uh, the big thing for me, um, you know, I, I, I read through it pretty quickly. I'm pretty forgiving of it. And, and I also went into it very, very, very prepared for the change. Yeah. You know, I don't know how well this is going to come through. Um, but what I have on, I'm not sure how it's coming through to you guys, but the bigger paper is, an early chapter after the art change and you can see Levon Fu's face. Yeah. And then volume 15 is next to it with Levon Fu's face. And it does steadily kind of improve. It doesn't get back to as good as it is before that. Um, and Luke, I'm not, I mean, I know we've mentioned how there are some subtle changes throughout, but going from 108 to 109 is a dramatic change in i think style. if you read them back to back it's noticeable i did not i had a pretty big gap between reading it and i also like was really prepared for the change i didn't even realize when the change was going to happen i had a gap between them started reading it and it didn't dawn on me that the art had really changed um la later on there, like like throughout there's some, some pretty bad panels but unless i like yeah. without looking for it again I, I was i'm pretty forgiving with that sort of thing yeah. so it doesn't bother me too much um 
holding them up side by side, it's super obvious. Um, and I think if you read like one chapter and then the next and then the art change occurs, it's super obvious. Yes. If you have a gap in between them, it's not, it's not that jarring for me. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. But anyway, um, it, it does kind of steadily improve. It, it really is the first like handful of chapters after that style shift where he's moving to his other hand that it's the most noticeable and then has the most egregious examples of panels that are like, Oh dear God, that's bad. Um, there's a few of those in, in the most recent English volume, like that you just go, oof, oof, that's, that's bad, but you understand, right? Like there's a foreword on that yeah. volume. And didn't stop assholes on Amazon from bitching about it in the reviews, but I specifically wrote a review, <laughs> a positive review because of those yeah. assholes. Yeah. Well, and, and for all my complaints about the story, like it's picking up, it starts to get good again, maybe because the pace picks up, but um he's in physical pain he needs to finish this uh, yeah yeah <laughs> completely switch from his down he's using his non-dominant hand now mm -hmm. he draws better with his left hand than i draw with either hand and he, and most he draws us, better yeah. in those worst frames that he draws than i would ever draw oh yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah nothing but respect that you know that that he's still uh continuing to uh to work on it um i guess yeah. it I don't know much about that culture, but it must be something where it was like, there is no way we're going to pay two people for this. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't think for the most part that um, those guys, unless they're like super famous, get paid very much. And, you know, he's probably one of the more famous guys, but I doubt he's like a multimillionaire. Yeah. Well, I know they really want to keep the gig once they have it in that serialization. Um, you know, whereas like American comics, you know, usually it's people get on an ongoing and, you know, they typically will stay there, but they also have a workload and there's art shifts are common. You usually have a separate writer and artist and colorist and sometimes inkers and letterers and plotters and layout people. So it's, it's just very different labor wise. Anyway, um, getting back to uh, a little bit of the story here. Uh, so Sebastian, uh, kind of joins the fight with Billy. So you basically have Sebastian and Billy versus EO at this point. Um, then you have Levon Fu, Mitchum, Dr. Sexton and Kaufman. They are all about to like launch into space and you get introduced to uh, like one of Levon Fu's lieutenants. They introduce him like he's going to be important, but he hasn't been since <laughs> anyway. Uh, then you have Kaufman who ends up leaving to go back and fight. Um, again, there's a scene where he leaves this guy named Nils in charge, and it seems like it's going to be important and also hasn't been yet. And so, yeah, yeah Kaufman exits to go fight. Love on Fu, Carla Mitchum, and Dr. Sexton are going into space out ahead of the Psycho Zaku's. Get some development between him and Humphrey. Um they're basically at this point getting Psycho Zaku's ready to launch. Trust Squad can't find them because of that. But there is one of them that's like stuck in an elevator. And that's the one that they're like, we're going to get this one to Daryl. And so there's a unit doing that. Um, this is the point where uh, in that battle between Billy and Sebastian and EO. Um, so EO has basically a little bit before this taken Billy out of the fight by chopping off the Zagok's arms mm -hmm. or like the front of them. And then he uh, is like in the water and he's taking like Sebastian's taking pot shots at the Atlas with that guy, like kind of sniping it. Eo's irritated. So he jumps out, he kills uh, Sebastian. Uh, Billy tries to get in the way and stop him and he can't. This is when Daryl shows up and my note here is Eo versus Daryl. And then in all caps, finally, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, so you finally have their fight start here and, uh, you have a scene here that, so the other kind of important chess piece that comes into play with 14 and one of the main reasons I wanted to do this little overview of 13 first, Claudia, like, so the Federation has in, like invaded this base at this point, And at one point they attack the command center and Claudia is injured, but one of the monk guys, who if they drop his name, I don't, I didn't see it or don't remember it, uh, gets her out. And those two are in like a Zaku tank at this point. Mm -hmm. And they encounter the trust squad who had, 
like they had noticed that psychozaku in an elevator so that crew with it in the elevator like cuts it they're like we're just going to drop it onto like a maglev train thing so we can transport it even though it's going to be rough on it oh well um and because they're distracted from that then the zaku tank rolls up it shoots bianca's gun can aqua and blows the head off of it now to not get caught in the explosion and die uh it's actually a pretty cool scene despite the art still being shaky uh where she basically blows the hatch to get the eject the core fighter but we're inside a base like it's cramped quarters so you can imagine this goes really well um it doesn't she still like survives due to this insane amount of like crack padding in the cockpit because even after she ejects it and it like launches forward, it kind of ricochets a little bit and the Zaku tanks able to just like swat it and start pounding on it. And you're like, Oh, well she's fucking dead, but then she's not. So anyway, um, you have that going on, but then basically what you get, uh, is that the Zaku tank is like on this, sorry, the, psycho zaku that they want to get the daryls on like a train car the zaku tank kind of like hitches to the front of it and it's transporting it and claudia is injured you know pretty badly in the back but she's had some morphine she's like i'll i'll know psychically how to get us to daryl um so you have more of their fight and um, the last thing that you would have seen if you've been following it is um, daryl is going and he's still in that like naked prototype unit and he goes to slash with his axe at eo and he hits the ground and the arm falls off that thing and eo is looking down at him and it's just he's going heh like so that is where it ends up that took longer than i wanted shit all right going on to the actual spoiler territory um and let me kind of like skim over this to see how i can make it even um shorter here uh so Okay, Eo's going for the finishing blow on Daryl. It's where you pick up. Claudia comes in and sees it, but Eo's it's like got the Atlas standing on like a boat in dry dock. So they use the Zaku tank to shoot the supports on that boat. And it causes it to like tip over. And Eo is like trying to hold on to it. And Lane, this is the panel I sent you, um, or like the page I sent you earlier. It What it looks like is that like something's happened to get the Atlas's hand stuck to that ship somehow. Cause he doesn't want to fall because the thing is going to like explode and he doesn't want to get caught in the explosion. And I thought maybe knowing the dialogue, cause there isn't much in this part might help. He'd be like, Oh, the hands melted to the thing or something, but apparently that wasn't it. Anyway, somehow he's stuck, has to cut the hand off of the Atlas to get free. And he does, um, Some Nanyang dudes come to get Daryl out of the Psycho Zaku, which they end up doing because once Eo is free, he like jumps to the other end because they tip that boat away from Daryl. So Eo then takes the Atlas and basically jumps back over there because he's going to finish off that experimental Psycho Zaku. And he does, but they were able to get Daryl out of it, like rescue him out of it beforehand. Their problem is Eo now sees them all out of their mobile suits. And he's like, well, now this is kind of, this is going to be even easier. At least that's what his face said. Like, I'm going to enjoy murdering them. <laughs> um, so, no, why not? Yeah, exactly. But then what he ends up doing here, at least this is, again, what I can pick up from the art. Um, and there's really not a lot of dialogue in, in this whole volume. So sometimes, like when this comes out in English, some of this you might just have to pick up from the art as well. He leaves his beam saber in the Zaku and this is a sub dock and there's like a little bit of water in there. And by causing a big explosion, I think he like ends up taking out more of the ship, but also like part of a bulkhead and it really floods it. So you have these guys on foot, like trying to run up like a dry dock ramp that are suddenly have like a giant wave coming after them. Um, and, and this is, um, this isn't good for some of those Nanyang guys. In fact, it's actually really gory in one point. They like, he shows a dude that's basically been flung by this massive wave and like all the pressure. He basically is like flung into some, I don't know, equipment or something 
but all you see is like a blood splatter and then a body without a head on the other end of the splatter, like in the air. It's it, he does some gore in these other in these chapters. So um, haven't had that in a while. Claudia is all like, "Wow, this is terrible!" in her Zaku tank. Um, Eo then sees it behind the Zaku tank. He doesn't know Claudia is in there right now. Um, so Daryl washes up. Um, you know, they kind of get up there, outrun it. I think I got ahead of myself a little bit on some of that, but it's fine. Um, uh, Eo starts attacking the tank, ends up cutting it open at some point, and realizes Claudia's in there. And in the interim, Daryl's gotten into the Psycho Zaku and is like about to start moving. And Eo's gone for the finishing blow on this tank. Only realizes basically too late that Claudia's in there. Yep. And so uh, he ends up killing Claudia here. And then right, basically right as he does that is when the Psycho Zaku starts to stand up. Um, and, and like its mono eye lights up and stuff. And that that's really pretty much it for like a whole chapter um, is him killing Claudia but it's like an all action chapter. So do you see her die? Yes. <laughs> you, see, because, you see her pop for real this time. Because in like the whole thing with the command center is like the feds bust in and it looks like, again, like she's been blown to hell. And then you see her again with wounds. And it's like, why is she impervious to bullets? You know? Mm -hmm. um, and so finally, apparently she is not impervious to beam savers. Um, because you get oh, well, the whole. That's why they made him. What's that? No, well, that's why they made him, though, for this specific reason. Sometimes people are just impervious to bullets. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so um, Claudia is actually dead now. Um, but what really happens here is like EO had long enough to realize what he did. And he's kind of like, in, he's in shock, more or less. And he's really sad. Because I think he. Like he didn't want to kill Claudia, right? Like he wanted to make like he was mad at her. He, he wanted, wanted to, to marry her. Well, yeah, but he to give her babies. You know, um, but he wanted to like talk it out, but no, now he can't. And everyone is really sad, but hey, Daryl's got his psycho Zaku now. And <laughs> Daryl's Daryl is also mad, but he's got his mad. he's got his fully armored psycho Zaku. Yeah, the psycho Zaku mark two. And so what's happened in the interim, they've loaded up the ones to go into space and they have launched them and Pike sees them in the Spartan and is like, we got to start shooting those down. So you still got like Chow Ming flying out there on Dodai's and such, but Daryl, instead of going for EO goes outside. And this is actually a really cool part. Um, Daryl's big mad. And there is a, it's chapter 122. Um, Basically, let me just read my note and I'll leave the rest of the details for you to enjoy when this comes out. All I put for this chapter was Daryl absolutely fucks up the Spartan, destroys the bridge by punching it, and it's going down. <laughs> um, there's more to it, but that's so the, when they were launching, the whole chapter. When they were launching the Psycho Zakus, were they being launched individually or is like part of like a rocket ship? Uh, eight shuttles, four per shuttle. Okay. Yep. And they're in like these like KG looking container thingies. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, now you have, so this is the last chapter of volume 14. You have like the trust squad and EO and Alicia watching the Spartan going down. There's actually this very last chapter of it is very dialogue heavy. So yeah, I don't know if there's anything important being revealed there. You do get some like, you see Humphrey, Lily, and Yith getting out on like some kind of plane thingy. So like they're able to escape. The only part of the Spartan like blown up right away is the bridge. So anybody that was on the bridge is dead. Um, you see a lot of escape capsules launch, and then you see you know the twins and Humphrey getting away. Um, and then the volume ends with the spartan crashing into the volcano base and blowing up in this big explosion as the shuttles with psycho zakus go up towards space so very action heavy volume to me this is probably the climactic chapter of the story uh because the next one is less action heavy volume 15 and then i think 16 17 if there is a 17 are probably your wrap-up 
So, well, uh, as soon as they launch to space, now now everybody has we have to get the space variant of the Psycho or the Atlas Gundam. Yeah, and so now, um, hold that the thought. Because if the blowing up, how are they going to get into space? Yeah, so hold that thought for a moment, you know, because while I can't read it, I can't tell if there's a tease of that or not. Uh, in volume 15. So volume 15, I'll go even faster on some of this because it is very, very dialogue heavy and I can tell a lot less about what was actually happening. Um, but that you do get to see them in space and some of that crew that you saw join up with the Nanyang Alliance is like um, defending them. Uh, you see uh, guys like Kaufman and Hickam are confirmed as like being survivors and I think they're trying to like avoid the Xeon remnants that they had ditched. They don't want to be captured. Um, Daryl and guys like Chow Ming actually get contacted by uh, like that agent he was paired up with for a while mm -hmm. and they get picked up and they are in a gal with that one like snobby general guy from earlier before they deserted um, and they don't really get back to them in this volume so I don't know like if they're being held prisoner, prisoner, or what's going on, because Daryl's there in his psycho Zaku. So um, I, what I got from the facial expressions is they might try to play nice so that they can get that psycho Zaku action. But so, so did Daryl get into space? No, not yet. Okay. Daryl is in this general guy's like gal carrier. Okay. okay. Still on earth. So, um, and now there's uh, some stuff between uh, Carla and Levenfu that happens um, and it shows some flashbacks of Humphrey and Levanfu in the hospital and an Elmeth. And I, I honestly have no idea what's going on, but I think we get some Levanfu backstory finally. Um, and then I especially knew that I had no idea what was going on because the last page of that chapter has them just showing up somewhere and there's a big exam. And I was like, I have no idea why that. Just well, happened. I mean, we've seen we've seen it a few times in the uh, manga that that they have some. Yeah, but that's about the extent of it. Yeah. So, Fed survivors they end up on like a Federation aircraft carrier thing, and there's a lot of a lot of body bags. They show some pages like almost like showing somebody's tablet or something with a lot of pictures, and it has like dead beside them. So like you get very extra confirmation that like Captain Pike is dead. Mm -hmm. It just straight up tells you. Um, but I mean, come on. Well, I, I don't know for this, for this series that actually might be, um, might be good. To have. For the anime, if they, when they animate it. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. Uh, EO at this point is actually still crying and worthless. So, Oh, yeah, so I guess he goes out of commission after he kills um, Claudia. He gets real emo, yeah. Um, you do get to see Cornelius at this point, confirms that he survives. Um, and then Humphrey's in some kind of debriefing with Federation people. Uh, at the very end, she starts talking to someone that is, like, from Anaheim, and I don't know the context. I don't know who it is. If he matters, all I know is he's got... Uh, an Anaheim logo on, on his shirt. So, um, the, uh, another thing though, like, so Cornelius is back, but remember he was helping out the Nanyang Alliance. Um, right. and so he like sees this little girl wanting help and, or how was it? Uh, all right. I'd have to go back and look at exactly how it goes down. But this little girl like goes to help him or something, and she sees the Nanyang like tattoo on his hand, and he like knows that she saw it, and he like just like pushes her down to the ground and looks away, like he's like man on a mission or something. Um, so where he's actually going is into like their field hospital kind of area, uh, where. Um, hang on, I gotta kill this Google chat that keeps blinging in my ear. Um, a. Uh, uh, go to this like field hospital thing where like EO is like hooked up to an IV probably like for dehydration or something. And he's also in shock. Maybe too much. 
<laughs> yeah, I think he cried too much, right? Um, <laughs> he cried himself into dehydration. I mean, I'm serious. He does some panels in here where he's like an ugly crier too. You know, um, yeah. So uh, funny story. Luke is an ugly crier too. Oh yeah, you know it. I get real, real fugly when I'm when I'm upset. I mean, most of us do, right? So. Hey, I can't judge. I don't have I don't have the EO Fleming tears though, man. They were like these big streaky, like little like I saw like the creeks forming into fjords and, and tributaries and stuff. Uh anyway. Uh so Cornelius is like, Oh yeah, I'm totally gonna help you out. Let me change your IV bag. Hmm. Hmm. So he starts talking and like I don't know what they're talking about, but at some point they flash back to that part where um, it's where like Carla goes crazy in the, in the animates in December sky, like they're in space and that uh, unit shoots in from the outside and like blows up all those people. And like Cornelius witnessed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so at some point that gets mentioned. And after that, he puts a gun beside EO's bed and starts talking and they do the art where you can tell like EO's eyes start to get like bloodshot. And it's like very clear he's replaced his, you know, uh, crybaby rehydration IV with like some kind of poison or something. And, um, but yeah, could be just complete overdose of meth. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, Lily and Yith at this point somehow knew to show up. I don't know if there's context behind it or not. To me, not knowing the words, they just showed up. I don't know if it made sense or not. They're also psychic, so whatever. Um, when they're awake. Yeah, and it looks like what happens is that Cornelius like starts to make a scene because they're like, you know, basically like seems to be like telling him to stop or something, you know, like the whole confrontation thing. And then he's in like a field hospital, so it looks like Cornelius is making a scene because they have a panel where like a bunch of people are turning around looking over there, like what the fuck's going on. Um, but then what you have happened, like they kind of shift the focus away because Yith starts like bleeding from her eyes at this point. And then you have the chapter end with EO now suddenly awake, looking fine, but he's still laying on the hospital bed and pointing that gun at Cornelius that Cornelius had just left on the side. Um, and the trust squad shows up. So I guess like the commotion must have raised some kind of somebody knows to like run in there. Um, Yith starts collapsing. And so I think what's going on is like Yith is doing some kind of mind meld thingy to like absorb whatever crap EO is getting. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what I got from it. That's the only thing I could figure out from it, not having the the words. Um, So, once you see Yith collapsing, you get some more gore because EO shoots Cornelius fucking dead. He shoots him in the lower neck and you get to see all the blood coming out the back of his head. <laughs> um, EO passes out. Cornelius's dead body just kind of falls to the fucking floor because he's dead. Um, and then the chapter ends with your mushy like flashback montage sequence of EO, Claudia and Cornelius at side four like looking at like Federation ships and stuff before the war and or during the war, you know, before they deployed. So, I mean, it's really feeling like end game kind of stuff at this rate. Uh, and then the very last chapter of volume 15, um, you know, EO is finally kind of like lucid and looking at like all these body bags on the deck. Lily's crying. He goes and hugs her and Humphrey approaches and I think she's talking like starts the whole, what would be like, if this was animated montage about like, I know you said, but we still have work to do um, kind of thing. That's, right. I think what happens, someone else is like in charge at this point. It might be Alicia, but I can't completely tell. Um, it might be one of those characters whose name that I forgot. The whole chapter ends with a like salute to the dead sort of thing. And um, that also ends the volume. And when this came out, a month, month and a half ago. I mean, it was like almost completely caught up to the magazine serialization. So um, I'll have to look at when volume 16 comes out. If you listened and you liked getting those high level spoilers on just the art, uh, I can do it again with 16 because I'll probably just buy it at this point. Um, So yeah, that's that. But it gets good again is, is really the, I think the takeaway is the story picks up and it's 
a lot more interesting to follow. So do you think, if you had to guess, you think there would be probably two more animated films worth of stuff? Like maybe like one with the, like focusing on the, like, uh, I don't know, like the, the oil rig and like leading up to them attacking the base and then maybe like a final one with like, you know, like them, the base being attacked and then flying into space and doing the 23 Zaku's of Jesus attacking the moon. Yeah. Not knowing what the ending is because no one does except the author. Right. Uh, If I had to guess, I think that would make the most sense. I honestly think they're going to try to cram it all into one because a lot of that stuff that is, what you mentioned as the first thing, like that would be the way to do the adaptation. Right. Right. Yeah. But I also think you could take some major shortcuts and skip almost all of that. <laughs> Make it a five minute cameo of like, Oh, we go here and we get some information. There's a battle and we leave. Levon Fu heals Carla. And so Daryl leaves Zeon and he works for them now. And now they're at this volcano base. They're going to send things to space, but the Spartan has found them and they're coming to attack. And now they start attacking. Here we go with the rest of it. Yeah. Um, Which I don't think is a very good adaptation. It's certainly not faithful. But if they wanted to just hurry it up and do one more, that would be the way to do it. I think. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, it sounds like they want to do one. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure they said, like, once there's more source material, we'll get to it. But I mean, especially like even up to a year ago, looking at what was out, it, the thing is like, if they just adapted what was out, you would end up kind of where we have been with the manga, where it was like, why is this taking so long? Right. And I, I think like, I think a lot of fans that have watched the anime, like if there's a whole season, if you will, or movie, you know, however you want to cut it up, if there's a whole other hour and a half of buildup, I don't know how well that would be received. Yeah. I think, I think we had mentioned it before. Like I, I kind of wish that they would like turn this into like a short series of OVAs, like maybe 30 minute shows or something like that here and there. And instead of just doing like giant long movies well, or the, or the, you know, 11, six minute episode thing. Yeah. Can you, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Ah, I'm back. <laughs> I would, uh, I don't know. I, it may be worth them just waiting until he, until he finishes it because, uh, it, it really bummed me out when I finished, uh, uh, what was it, the second movie and realized there was nothing else for like, I don't know. That was like what, six years ago or something like yeah, that. For, for sure. I think they do. I think even they feel the need to wait for it to be finished before they do more. Um, which I think is the right op. Uh, uh, I think that's the right way to do it. I don't probably have enough stuff to do another movie, but like Scotty said, it would be. Oh no. I I guess I was more surmising of like, if, if we think like there's maybe a chapter more left then like, do we have enough for two? Do we have enough for one? I mean, we clearly have enough for one. I think the question is, is do we think they'll split it into two? Yeah. Like, yeah. I understand why they did Bandit Flower. It was the follow-up album after your Mega Platinum album, right? Um, but I don't think they should have done that until this thing had wrapped up. Yeah, they could have done way better with that. I, I think this would have been like a good series to do. I mean, Thunderbolt would have been like, do, start off with the movie Thunderbolt and then do like a series for the rest of the show. It's paced like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I'm looking forward to to it being uh, brought my way. Yep. I will say for volume 14, if you were listening, if you go on Amazon Japan and order it, look, there are not a lot of words in volume 14. <laughs> I mean, I, I, th- I, I want you to support the official Eng- English release, which is in July. So it's not super long from now, but you know, I mean, if you're just impatient like me, there ain't a lot of words. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah, definitely going to get it when it comes out. You were really like really dedicated to it. You, you could go through and try and translate it. Just, just Google. 
I mean, I could just put my phone up to it, right? The app, Translate app will do that, but it's very broken. Yeah, sure. Very broken yeah. words. Yeah. All right. Anything else, guys? Nah. I got nothing. All right. Well, thanks for checking in. Uh, next time you listen to this, you will be doing uh, a little bit more 0083, uh, and uh, we'll go from there. So... Check us out on Twitter at NewTypeFlashPod, and all of our individual bios are there. Um, and follow up with us on uh, the Reddits, on the internets. Um, stay safe, stay six feet away from each other, if possible. And we will see you soon. Oh, don't worry. COVID will definitely be eradicated by the time this airs. In two weeks? Eh. <laughs> Depends on who you ask, I guess. Maybe... What we need is, since there's 32 Psychozakus, we need COVID-32. And that one's going to be a mix of bats and horses. Oh. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you, and uh, see you next time.